morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. It is. I'm gonna squish, scoot my chair forward. Oh, it's Tuesday, August fourth, and uh, uh, yesterday ended so beautiful for me. Um, and today it rained, and this morning, right before it rained, there came a rainbow, and then as it started to rain, it became a double rainbow. So for me, <laughs> because my logo is a rainbow, which is the covenant of God between God and His people. I was just like, it's a double rainbow, which was like a double whammy. It was so beautiful. It was so huge. I couldn't even get it in my picture. So I had to take a video, and、uh, I'll post it later on my page. But it's so beautiful when you see something like that, so breathtaking. And it's this is really the biggest rainbow I've seen all year. I haven't seen a double rainbow full. It was a full double rainbow, you guys. And so for me and what I'm going through, and God speaks to each and every one of us in our own ways and our own journey. So for me in this moment in time, after this last week, it kind of completed how I felt about things, and so it was just a confirmation. You know, God confirmed once again since the first day He made His presence known to me that everything was going to be okay. All the turmoil and the resentment and the anger I've been feeling lately really just dissolved in that moment that I saw that double rainbow, and I knew God was just validating everything I already kind of knew. But He just wanted to make sure that there it is, Christine. Believe me, everything's going to be okay. And so that leads into what I'm going to share with you. And I've spoken of this last week has been a little bit difficult emotionally, and I've just said that I've persevered through it, and I've just kind of went over a general of you know I persevered, now I'm better, blah blah blah. But I'm actually going to speak into depth. And I was—I wasn't sure if I wanted to share this, but I am going to speak into depth of what exactly God has brought me through. Now, this has been something He's been working in me for a very long time. Last year came a moment in my life where I was faced to speak the truth about my feelings and how I was being treated. And how I didn't like it, and how I wanted to be treated the way I treated others, and I was too fearful to、um, step up and say the truth and say the way you're treating me makes me feel like this. So I began to stuff it down last year, and I stuffed it down, and I stuffed it down, and in stuffing it down,、um, I began to drink again because that was my Go-to coping mechanism.、Um, I can drink. Why not? I'm going to go out and enjoy life. I got tired of just whatever it is that was going on, and in that moment, when I started drinking again, I lost my direction with God, because at the time God was leading me a little bit, little bit, little bit, and then suddenly it was just like blank in my life. He was. He was there, but it was very quiet and very silent. 
And I just got lost in my anger and resentment because when you stuff things down, when you stuff your truth down about how the way things make you feel, you stuff it down and it causes a lot of anger and resentment inside of you. And when you're filled with anger and resentment, you become spiritually blind. I became blind to what God was trying to show me. So in that, I began drinking again to cope. And I had a public freak out. I ended up going to jail four months because I was sitting in my car drunk. Um, I did a lot of things I regret doing. I said a lot of things, but a lot of it was anger and resentment that I had stuffed down so deep that by the time it came out, it was like an eruption of a volcano. So God has been working through me, for me, every day to try to get me to face my Goliath. And somebody posted this today. God knows what your Goliath is. And my Goliath is telling people how the way they treat me make me feel. I will walk away from a situation and run before I ever tell somebody that I don't like how they're treating me. Because I was raised to submit and just be quiet. So this is a very hard thing for me. So now comes into a moment this year where I'm slowly gaining new people in my life, people that are true to me, and slowly fading out those who are not true to me because they don't like to hear what I say. And they don't want to treat me the way I deserve to be treated. And so... There's been a couple of rounds since March. They were very painful, emotional rounds, and I persevered through it. And this last month in July, there came a moment when there was someone in my life causing, unknowingly causing a lot of pain because I couldn't speak up. I was just, I couldn't say the words. And God was like, no, Christine, we are not going to go this again. And so there was a day that I was just so angry and God was just squeezing me. He was squeezing me to say what was on the tip of my tongue. And it was causing me so much pain to hold it in. To me, I felt like God was making all this happen and making it hurt. And I didn't want it to hurt. I just wanted it to go away. I didn't care. I didn't want to deal with it. That's why I was telling God, I don't care. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to say anything. But God's like, no. And he was squeezing me like somebody squeezing the juice out of a lemon. He's like, no, I want that truth out of you. And you're going to say it. He was like this. I want that truth out of you. And you are going to say it right now, Christine. That's what God was saying to me. And it was so painful. I was in the middle of cleaning a room. And I broke down and I lost it. And I began throwing things and I, I just broke down and I bawled. And I had to close the door. It was so hard. I just, I crumbled. And I was like, I can't do this, God. And I thought of every terrible self-sabotaging thing I could do. I ended up going home, taking a nap and really just calming down about it. And this, I'm telling you, I was just emotionally distraught because I, again, it was my Goliath. I didn't know how to face it. And God's just like, just do it. So after my nap, I ended up telling this person, 
when you do this, it makes me feel like this. And you know what? It was really hard. But once I conquered over actually saying the words, I gained a a certain amount of courage and strength. And I felt God with me like, this is what you need to do. Now, it's been about three weeks later. And last week was emotionally brutal. I felt a lot of just just weighing down. I was trying to get through things and I was really angry and frustrated, but I was still leaning on to God. And I, I asked him about everything. And there came some people back through my life that ended up coming through town. And one of them, she wanted to hang out and she wanted to go drink and she wanted, then she wanted coffee. And then, um, I was just like, no, I really spoke to God about it because I'm very sound in my relationship with God. Having spoken that truth really puts me in a position where I'm not out seeking someone and I'm not blinded by resentment and hate because I let that truth out now. I don't harbor a lot of resentment and hate. So I'm very clear in what God is trying to show me. I'm not blind. So when she asked me and invited me to go out, I asked God and he said, no, I don't want you to go because it's outside of the, the realm of the kingdom I have built for you. Like I'm within a kingdom and I can't step out of it. Otherwise I am without the safety of God, without his umbrella. And I was like, okay. And you know, she kind of guilted me. She tried to persuade me and I was like, nah, we'll come to find out yesterday And I'm not like this, it's, I'm not sure how to share this, but come to find out yesterday, there was more than just drinking involved. And I realized that God had protected me from self-sabotaging in darker ways than just drinking. And when I realized this, I realized that I had to go through these pains that day that God was squeezing this truth out of me. If he hadn't squeezed me so hard to get this truth out, and I'm going to be honest, I said some really mean things to God. Like he has bared the brunt. He has bared all things that have come out of my mind and out of my mouth that were not nice. And, you know, God has forgiven me, but they happen. They've came out. And I look back and I realize if he wouldn't have squeezed me, I would have never said that truth. I would have still been allowing this person to treat me the same way because until you make somebody aware of their behavior, they're not going to change. So I was allowing them to treat me the wrong way. That was my fault. So if I wouldn't have went through that pain, I would have never spoken that truth. I would have been harboring a lot of anger and resentment by the time last week came. And I would have been very blind and angry towards God. And I would have just said, I don't care. And I would have went out and I would have partaken in some very wrong choices. And that is the honest truth. And as I sat there reflecting cleaning rooms yesterday, because 
in cleaning the rooms, God shows me a lot of truths and why I go through some of the emotional things I do, like why things were so painful last week. It's because there was a lot of shifting and a lot of either you can grow or you can go back to old coping ways. And that was happening to a lot of people. And for me, because I have been continually growing in God and trusting in Him, I didn't go back to old coping ways. So if it wasn't for God squeezing those very things out of me, I would have made poor choices. So when I look on it as a whole, last year I went through this very same situation and I made the wrong choices. And I look at my life and how destructive I became. I lost myself because Whenever I take in any kind of toxin, whether it's alcohol or substance of any kind, I lose control. And so after going through that lesson the wrong way and then coming back to it full circle again to my Goliath, here I came to it and God did not fail me. Even though I could not climb the wall to say this truth on my own, God was right there saying, I'm not giving up on you. You're going to speak it, whether I have to squeeze you to death or not. And I'm telling you, he was squeezing me so hard. There was no way, there was no way I could not say it. Like it was just so, I either said it or I was going to suffocate to death. And, uh, you know, if he hadn't been there, but that's just how God is. And that's why I share that. Once you start pursuing God and you really pursuing your healing, he doesn't give up on what he started in you. And for him to go to the lengths he's gone to help me persevere over this is so great. This is not the first time he's done this for me. And the more he does it and the more I persevere, just the more I just know, like today when I saw that double rainbow, it just confirmed that even through the pain, everything's okay. Like I've been through the worst heart pains in the last six months. My heart has been shattered, stretched, ripped, stomped on, you name it. I've, I've felt it to the point where I couldn't even move another step and God has still brought me through that. And now sitting at this point today, I just feel so loving and grateful to the God who is there unconditionally when the worst things were coming out of my mouth. And I can't even repeat the words I have said to God because I was so angry and I wanted to blame him. But see, that is what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about, love. It endures all things. It bears all things. It hopes all things. God is love. God is the embodiment of what love is all about. And just knowing what he's endured for me teaches me how to love others because he's done it for me. And God and I know what goes on in my head. Not everybody hears the things I'm thinking. And oftentimes my conversations with God are in my head. I don't speak them out loud because I don't want everybody to hear them. But there are times in my darkest moments, I just, I lash out at resentment and anger and I lash out at him 
and he bears it and he understands and he loves me because he understands where it's all coming from. He knows the life I've lived and he knows the choices I've made and he knew when redeeming me what it was going to take to lead me out of the darkness that I created with my choices. Now, that is why only God can bring us through our struggles. No human could ever bear the things I've done and said to God. There's just no way they could have done it without truly resenting me out of it. And God never resented me. But as human nature, we can't endure those things. And so when we rely on other people to help see us through our struggles, we are expecting a whole, we're putting a holy expectance on human flesh. And that is unfair to put that on people. And I share that because so many of us do that. I expected human flesh to rescue me as well. Rescue me. I had this fantasy in my life that I would be rescued out of this this life that I created. And in the in all of it, it's been God. God came and he rescued me out of all this self-destruction that I created. So it's absolutely beautiful. And I'm so grateful to share this very detailed lesson I've had to go through and persevere because we all have our own Goliath. Mine was standing up and speaking my emotions to people. It was easier to turn and run away. What's your Goliath? We all have our own. What is your Goliath in this world, your greatest fear that you're terrified to conquer? With God, all things are possible. And I realized that in trusting him, even though he had to squeeze me, it was that very truth that set me free from self-destructing now. Because I can't imagine having that mentality of so much anger and resentment that I would want to self-destruct and cope in the ways that I'm seeing that God protected me from. And what a protector God is. Like he protected me from so many things that I can't even share on here because I know what they are in the worst form. And I'm so grateful that God protected me from those, protected my children. He kept me growing, he kept me moving forward. Oh, I'm so deeply rooted in the love of God, you guys. I just love him for everything he's done in my life. And I share because he can do it for you. He will do it for you when you allow him to. So we're going to move on to today's daily bread. And the verse comes from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Now, what this means is it because of Jesus' sacrifice, we now all have the ability to have a relationship with God. Not just the Israels, we are all sons and daughters of God. And that's only because Jesus' sacrifice. His blood on the cross, the way he lived, the way he served, the way he loved God, the way he gave his life, the way he died on the cross, 
the way he was nailed to the cross, the way he hung there in a loving way, still loving us to the very end. All of those things made it possible for us to have our own personal relationship with God in our very own space. We don't need to go to church. We don't need to go to synagogues. We don't need to go to temples. It resides right here in the very heart that God shaped and molded. God resides in our hearts if we allow it. And so that is what that verse means. And it was quite a mystery for a long time because back in the Old Testament, that was not so. You could only worship in temples. There was only certain people who could enter tabernacles. There was only certain, even when Moses and Aaron were building the tabernacle, there were only selected few from God that could enter this tabernacle after a process. So because of Jesus, God made that possible through his son for all of us, anytime, any place. And it's so beautiful. And the story goes, unlocking a mystery. When I came home from work one day, I saw a pair of lady high heel shoes next to the driveway. I was sure I knew whose who's they were. So I put them in the garage to give them to my daughter, Lisa, when she returned to the house to pick up her children. But when I checked with Lisa, I found they didn't belong to her. In fact, no one in our family claimed them. So I put them back where I found them. The next day, they were gone. Mysterious. Did you know that the Apostle Paul wrote of a mystery in his letters? But the mystery he describes was so much more than some kind of whodunit. In Ephesians 3, for example, Paul spoke of the mystery that was not made known to people in other generations. This mystery is that while in the past God revealed himself through Israel, now through Jesus, Gentiles, those outside of Israel could be heirs together with Israel. So beautiful, you guys. Like we are heirs to the throne of God, not just the people of Israel. All of us have the ability to be sons and daughters to the to um, God. We have a blessing. We have a place in heaven. Every single one of us, from the Muslim to somebody from Africa to somebody from Egypt to an atheist, and um, you know, just to anyone, we all have the ability to step forward and open our hearts to God and receive the blessing that he created us for. Think about what this means. All who trust Jesus as a savior can love and serve God together. We can equally approach him with freedom and confidence. And through church's unity, the world will see God's wisdom and goodness. Praise God for our salvation. It unlocks uh, for us the mystery of unity as people of all and all backgrounds become one with Jesus. And this is so true. When I was on my walk this morning, I saw Randy, who is one of the... Um, elderly gentleman that often sleeps in the park and he was just on the sidewalk bench and he was just enjoying the rain and you know what every time I see him I think he's one of God's children too and I wave and I speak to him just like he was anybody else he is no different than anybody else because God created him just like he created me he deserves the same amount of respect there's no we cannot put a value on human flesh when you see that God has created each and every one of us with a, a distinct blessing 
Who knows that this man's heart hasn't been touched yet by God to understand that he has a blessing and to be honored to be in his presence and possibly learn something that God is using me to serve him. That's what it means to like have the greatest honor with God. I have the greatest honor serving God in such a way that, you know, is very unique. What a beautiful blessing. How can you display unity in serving others? Huh. What does it mean for you to be saved in Christ? Thank you, Jesus, for the unity all believers can enjoy in you. Help us serve together as equal members of your body. You know, for me, how can you display unity in serving others? Um, even when I'm serving, it's not about what I'm serving. It's about my time and getting to know people. And that's what makes what I do maybe unique to me because I take more than just what I'm doing is the right thing to do. It's I myself actually want to know these people more than just what I see. I want to see beyond the veil of what human flesh eyes have conditioned me to see. I want to see what God has created these people to be. What is their inner light inside? I want to see that. And so to be able to see that, I actually have to spend time to get to know them. And in spending time with people, you're actually creating that relationship because you're asking questions and you're beginning to see that they are no different than me. Wow, they just, they, you enjoy being in their presence because everybody was born to be a good person. We were all created to be good people. Just we haven't all been treated like that yet. But when you start treating people with love, compassion, kindness, and understanding, something in them starts to glow. It's that inner light, that inner shine that God has placed in them. And it's absolutely so beautiful when you can see that part of them and you begin to feel it. They bring us, they bring joy into your life. And that is creating relationships. Now maintaining it is just like I did this morning. When I see him, I don't blow him off like I don't know you because you're homeless. I go, no, I do. And I speak to him in front of everybody else, whether um, just as I do when we're just in the park at the bench, you know, he matters and he matters regardless. Such a beautiful thing. Now I am going to share two places in the Bible where Jesus spoke of, he prophesied his death would allow us the ability to have a relationship with God and to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. This was the story of the Samaritan woman at the well, and it comes from John chapter 4. Now see, he met a Samaritan woman there, and he, he was speaking of the water of life. And uh, she's like, uh, I would like some of this water, so I thirst no more. And he goes, well, go back to your hut. He asked her to go back and get her husband. And she goes, I don't have a husband. He goes, no, you have five. And in fact, the man you are with now is not even your husband. It was then she saw the truth because he spoke truth in a truthful way. She saw that he was, um, that he was different and, um, 
So at chapter nineteen, she goes, "Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that this place where we must worship is in Jerusalem." Now, what she's saying is because she was a Samaritan, they were looked down upon. Samaritans were like the homeless bums in the、uh, park; they were looked down upon. They were less than, even though they worshipped God. They were still considered less than to the Jews, and the Jews were more higher up, more you know, because they lived better, spoke better, they that kind of thing. They were better people, and so she's telling Jesus, you know, we've worshipped on this mountain for a long time, but the Jews say this is where we can't worship, and Jesus declared, "Believe me, woman." A time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has come now when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipper the Father seeks. God is the Spirit, and His worshippers must worship in spirit and truth. So what He's saying is there will come a time. When people will worship God in the spirit within themselves, just as I worship God within my home, my home is a tabernacle. I worship Him at my work when I'm cleaning rooms. I've created myself to be able to worship Him in a authentic, truthful way.、Um, I don't keep anything, any of my emotions from God. He knows whether they're good or bad, what I'm feeling,、um, whether I'm right or wrong, and that's what makes it truly authentic. Between our relationship, I, there's nothing I don't am not honest with him about, and that's what Jesus is speaking of. Just you know, God is the Spirit, and His worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. We can't sit and just worship what sounds pretty. We can't say, "Well, God bless this meal," blah blah blah, the same old song and story. No, no. We gotta worship in the ways that God works in us every day. Every day for me is something new that God is doing in my life, in my children's life, and those are the things that every day is something new and new blessing. And every day, that's a new worshiping to God that I give Him. I just don't have the same old prayer every time. And even my children, they don't pray the same prayer every time at dinner.、They're, we're always I'm teaching them how. God can work in their life, and they find those little moments where God is bringing them joy, and they praise Him when they do prayer at dinner for those small little moments, and that is worshiping in spirit and truth. So beautiful, you guys. When you teach your children this, and they start to mimic your behavior. My daughter, the other day, it was Sunday. It was so beautiful. She asked to say blessing. I almost cried, <laughs> and she prayed such a beautiful prayer, and it came from her heart. I almost, my jaw almost hit the floor when I'm hearing my daughter pray this. I was, where's God? Inside, I go, God, what a beautiful thing—the work you're doing within my daughter. So not only is my daughter worshiping something authentic that is coming from her heart, because she sees that God is opening doors. She was over wanting to spend time with her friends, and she was, you know, praying about it, and then it happened, and so she was super happy. And then 
me inside myself, I was worshiping God going, God, look at the work you're doing within my daughter. Bless you because what a joy it is to see my daughter start to follow my ways and my ways that I know are the absolute truth. <sighs> Such a beautiful thing. Worshiping the spirit and the truth. The next story where Jesus is prophesying um, about us having the ability uh, to worship God from our hearts comes from John chapter 14 and okay and it starts at chapter 15 Jesus promises the holy truth. So this is John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus says, If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. This is the Holy Spirit, you guys. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. When the Holy Spirit works through me, that is the spirit of truth. Oh, I love how they word it in here. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am my father and you are in me and I am in you. So this is absolutely beautiful. What he was telling them because they were they didn't understand where are you going? How we don't understand what you're saying. And he spoke this way because you know until you have been through it, you don't understand. But what he was telling them is when I pass, you're not going to be alone. My death will bring great um value into this world because where right now i'm only walking with the spirit of truth i'm only walking with the spirit of god my death will bring you the ability to have what i have inside because you trusted me because you picked up your cross every day and you walked in faith behind me you gave up your life to serve me you now will have what i had and this is how we receive the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, that relationship with God. We start to pursue God and we start to pick up our cross of truth every day. And we start to just trust everything he guides us in. And it is, there are times of persecution. There are times of loneliness. There are times of just, you are just living the truth of God by yourself. But this way is so much happier and the pursuit of God is just a different joy it's a different addiction like the pursuit of God for me became an addiction it became that pull that I can't resist that thing that I can't get enough of like I feel like I have to have it now like if I don't get it I'll be sick like I can't imagine if I didn't have God in my day one day, I would probably be really sick. I would be spiritually sick, I would be physically sick, and I'd be emotionally sick. I would be, it would be hard. It would be really hard. I would have to really dig for the reason why, you know, what happened. But this is where, you know, Jesus spoke about this. He knew what his death would bring, and he didn't fear his death, nor... Did he try to play victim and be like, oh, my death, 
to the disciples, he didn't cause fear amongst the disciples either with his death. That's how I want to word it. He never once said, my death is going to be fearful. No, he brought, every time he spoke of it, it was of a good thing. My death will bring a greater value in this world than my life ever could. What a beautiful thing for Jesus to know, understand, and serve this way. Oh, you guys. So... There's a lot of things today that I shared, and I hope that my personal story inspires you. Um, and also, you know, this, this, this mystery, we are all um, inheritors of God's kingdom. God created each and every one of us. Each and every one of us was created by God. Okay? We were created. We just happened to be born in um, environments that are that are all different and unique and we have to persevere through all of those things to come to our creator that is the struggle that is the challenge um, that's why I say that from the from the Muslim to the atheist to it doesn't matter where people are at in the world God created each and every one of us and we all deserve to be treated with respect love compassion and understanding so I love you guys and I I hope that you find yourselves in this story like somewhere in the line have you felt it have you felt the stirring of the Holy Spirit through you something that just pulled you in such a loving truthful way like speaking the truth out there and maybe you suffocated it and you held it down like I've spoken about in my personal story like when have you felt that truth and suffocated it why are and then when you do that you hold yourself back so let me challenge you to think about when you have had the truth at the tip of your tongue and you have suffocated yourself ask yourself why was I holding myself back from my blessing? Because the more you allow the Holy Spirit of truth to come out of you, the closer you get to God and the closer you get to the blessing that you were born to have. Why are you holding yourself back? Why are you holding others back? And, you know, what is your Goliath? Is it speaking the truth? For me, it was just speaking my emotions. But what is your deep down greatest fear? And how can you ask God to see you through it and to face this challenge and to grow? I love you guys. I hope you have a happy Tuesday. God bless and amen.